0: There are some key things that we can be looking at right now in the housing market that are changing as overall broad trends that show us, guys, that things are looking a lot different now than they did a year ago. And I would anticipate that a year from now, things are going to look a lot different than they do today. And what I mean is if we look at things like mortgage rates, for example, the mortgage rates are literally double what they were just one year ago today. All right. So what does that do to home affordability? It makes it very expensive, right? So this is obviously something that's been changing and it's going to continue to change. In fact, today is Friday, July 22nd, and the Fed meeting is today. And it hasn't happened yet or it's happening while I'm shooting this video, so I don't know exactly how much they're going to raise their rates. But my guess is it's going to be 100 basis points, okay? So 1% rise in interest rates. This is gonna make those high mortgage rates that we're seeing right now look affordable compared to what it's gonna be probably in another month or two from now after these rate hikes, okay? So that's one of the main things that's changing. And something interesting that I came across today was this article about New Zealand's housing market. And the reason why this applies to us here in the United States is because They actually started raising their interest rates in New Zealand over a year ago. And as we know here in the US, they only started doing it this year at the beginning of 2022. So New Zealand has quite a big head start on the United States when it comes to getting ahead of inflation and raising their interest rates. And if we look at what's happening to New Zealand's housing market today, one year later after they've continued to increase their rates over there, the housing market is crashing guys in New Zealand. Now home sales are down and buyers are disappearing there and the economists in New Zealand are predicting that home values this year will drop anywhere between 10 and 20% and that's probably by the end of the year. And this doesn't even go into forecasting next year and you know, If it falls, let's say even modest 10% this year and continues to go down, then we could easily see an additional 20% next year because they're gonna have to keep raising rates just like we're doing in order to tame inflation, which is the biggest problem in our economy globally right now. It's really important that we look at places like new zealand who are experiencing the same problems as us and they're implementing the same solutions as we are to fix the problems because you know it's basically showing hey if we do this then this happens i mean it's not a guarantee but it's a pretty good uh indicator that that's where things will be headed if we keep raising the interest rates here which the fed fully intends to do, it seems like, as inflation continues to go up. Now, when we talk about mortgage rates being doubled what they were one year ago, guys, the average 30-year fix right now is hovering around 5.5%, 5.54%. Now, one thing everybody forgets and doesn't even realize when they hear these numbers, it's like, so, you know, that's a little bit higher than before, but it's not crazy. No, it's really high, because guess what, guys? One year ago, that 30-year rate, used to be 2.78%. If you were looking for a mortgage last summer, this is what you would be looking for. Now, it's important to remember that these rates are only had by the most qualified buyers. You're probably talking people who have low 800s to upper 800 credit scores, you know? Only the most qualified borrowers are seeing those rates ever, even today at 5.5%. Because I did a quick search before making this video, and for example, If your credit's in the low 700s right now, your 30-year fixed rate is closer to 6.6%, almost 6.7%, guys. So it is massively more expensive to get a mortgage when your credit is not nearly as good than the most qualified borrowers. So it's really important to keep that in mind with these mortgage rate increases now check this out guys it's been a while since i've been over here i came over here last in the middle of june i think it was june 14th and this house was for sale back then and turns out this house has been for sale for a really long time Uh, when i first walked past this house i didn't realize how long it's been on the market okay this house listed at 2.195 million okay been on the market for almost six months no price cuts and it's still available. This is the perfect example of having inventory on the market, but it doesn't sell, okay? And this seller might not need to sell because they got a very good deal on this house and they bought it for, I think, $580,000 back in 2015. So they did really well. Even if they sell this house, you know, for 1.5, they're still making a lot of money, okay? But, this is a great example of the reality checks that need to come in right now for home sellers because if you're like this person, it's just sitting on the market for six months and no one's buying it. And I hardly ever see listings for sale for six months that end up selling, guys, unless they just continue to leave it on the market forever and you know, maybe two, three years later, maybe eventually someone buys it as the market goes up. Okay, that's usually the only situation I've ever seen when somebody can leave the house on the market that long and still have it sell without reducing the price. So the odds of this house selling, slim to none. And right across the street, there is an empty lot. And I'm not sure if it has sold yet or not, but it looks like they're doing construction here. A nice little convenient peephole. See what's going on. You can see it's waterfront property over there. See how much this one's going for? I wanna go over a little bit what's happening here in South Florida as far as the market here because we have been one of the stronger markets as uh, things are starting to turn around. And now it seems like we're starting to feel a little bit of that pain that other markets are already starting to feel, guys, because sales are going down here as well. Nationally, sales are down 5.4%. But uh, here in South Florida, for example, in Palm Beach County, closed sales are down 30%, okay? In Broward, they're down 20%. And in Miami-Dade, the closed sales are down 26%. So that is quite a bit above the national average of 5.4%. Decline in sales. So it's always the same thing with all these markets, guys, and South Florida is no exception. As things go up and as the market gets out of control and prices get out of control, like it has here, the harder it goes up, the harder it falls. Okay, it's just simple laws of physics, right? What goes up must come down, and the higher it goes up, the further it has to fall and i think we're going to see that here in south florida as demand keeps drying up the big question is always with international investors because there's no doubt that people buying here from other countries definitely help prop up prices and keep the market high here you know if this was just a regular market that you see in the midwest with no real foreign investment prices here would be half of what they are today i guarantee it because there just wouldn't be enough demand and enough people that could actually afford these prices to, to buy these homes. So keep that in mind. Now, on top of the closed sales going down over 20% in all these areas here in South Florida, inventory levels has, have also skyrocketed, okay? Active listings shot up 50% in Palm Beach County, and in Broward, active listings are up 22.5% and Miami-Dade up 19%. So inventory is going up dramatically, especially in Palm Beach County, guys. I'm not telling anybody that now is the time to buy because I definitely don't think it is. But the whole reason that you watch these videos and the reason that I make them is to just be prepared and be knowledgeable of what actually is happening out there. That way it gets very easy to recognize when a good deal comes up. Because if you're in tune with the markets or you're somebody that has been thinking about moving to South Florida, then the more you can recognize these trends, then the better off you're going to be. And the more likely it's going to be for you that you can recognize when is going to be the time for you to pounce and come down here. And it's going to be different for everybody. It's not like there's just one big green light that gets lit. And it's like, okay, guys, it's safe to buy. It just depends, right? And there's still people buying right now. I still see some of you in my comments section to this day that have given very good reasons of why you bought, even in today's crazy market. And there's exceptions, guys. There just is. No two-person stories or lives are exactly the same. And that also means that no two people's uh, time to buy is going to be exactly the same either. So it's important to recognize that I'm definitely a proponent of people doing what makes the most sense for them at the right time. Now listen to this from this article about the South Florida housing market. It's saying that more sellers are trying to list their properties now, realizing that they may have missed the boat. And you're going to see this nationwide guys. This is not going to be just a South Florida thing. I always think as a seasoned real estate agent, Sellers are easily six months to a year behind the curve all the time, no matter what the market's doing. They think that they can list their home for what they were selling for six months ago. And in today's market, it's just not the case, guys. And we're seeing this happen right now, especially here in South Florida. But you're gonna see this trend continue all over the country, I guarantee it. Because the article basically says Buyers cannot handle these prices and they're not making offers, all right? People aren't stupid, guys. They're going to see what their mortgage rate is. They're going to see what their payment is. And when you look at the listing price, it just doesn't make sense in a lot of cases. The same thing with investment. You know, I'm always on the lookout for investment properties. I have clients that look for investment properties. And there's hardly anything that makes sense, guys. Even if you pay cash, it's hard to find something that makes sense right now. So. Why would anybody keep buying these homes? They're, they're not, that's just it. They're not gonna do it. Now check this out. <laughs> a lot of people might recognize this house from a couple of videos ago. So where I'm walking, guys, is I'm actually still by the golf course here. I'm on the same exact street that I was uh, just a few days ago in one of my previous videos, but I'm walking the other direction. Cause this road goes around the entire golf course and around the entire island. So. I'm just starting on the opposite side today, and I came over here to do a little walk back in time with that previous listing to see what was going on. So right now you might start seeing a few homes that look familiar from a couple videos ago. Now get this, 20% of Palm Beach homes have price cuts. Fort Lauderdale, 15% of homes have price cuts. And in Miami, 13.7, almost 14% of homes have price cuts. Okay. And they say in this article that right now there is no sense of urgency on the buyer side. The rates are higher and the prices are still too high and there's a lot more inventory. So like we talked about in that video, in this neighborhood, demand, demand, demand is the name of the game. Supply and demand is important, but even more important than supply guys is demand. And this is the proof right here. We're seeing it play out in real world dynamics right now in South Florida's housing market and in many other areas across the country. Now, another place we can look to for what could be coming to the US is Canada. There was another article that came out today explaining that the rentals have gone absolutely nuts in Canada because here's the thing, guys, the second part of the demand story, demand isn't completely gone. It's just gone from buying and has shifted to renting. And a lot of people have asked me about this in the comments as well. Hey, Michael, you know, as the housing market goes down and less people can afford to buy homes, what's that going to do to rental prices? Well, all we got to do is look to see what's happening in Canada right now to see exactly what will happen to rental prices. And they go up guys, because more people are looking for rentals because they're simply priced out of buying a house. Now at some point in the future, things will even out because as the cost to buy a home comes down, because we know interest rates really aren't going to come down, they're going to keep going up for now. So the only thing that needs to come down to make homes more affordable is the price. Okay. So as prices come down and homes become more affordable again, it needs to reach that breaking point where basically it's cheaper to buy than it is to rent, because that's one of the decisions that people use to decide whether or not to buy or rent. And right now, in many cases across the country, it's a lot more expensive to buy than it is to rent, depending on where you live, of course. Here in South Florida, it's actually the opposite. At least it was uh, beginning of this year for me. That was one of the reasons that I bought, because the rent prices here have gone absolutely insane and it's literally cheaper now for me to own here than it, was, than it is to rent. But that wasn't the case for many, many years here. I rented for 14 years, guys, and saved a lot of money, which helped me buy in South Florida. So everybody who thinks renting is a waste of money, it's not, especially if you're saving money. Now, if you're paying what it would cost to own something, then yeah, absolutely, it's a waste of money. So, then that's why I decided to buy. But all we need to do is look at what's happening in Canada with the sheer demand of rentals and the price, it's basically getting to the point where there's nowhere to live guys. That's what it says in this article. Go check it out for yourself. I link all these things I talk about in the description. So that way, one, you guys can read it for yourselves and get more educated on this. And two, so you know that I'm not just blowing hot air. I'm putting real stories in here that are happening in real time. And the more that you're aware of all these things that are going on, the smarter you're all going to be. Now you see, I'm on the other side here. This kind of wraps around to this other street that's across from the golf course here. So now I'm literally heading back the same direction I just came, but on the next street over called Fairway Drive. Now Congress wants to pass a law that gives tax credits to home builders. So basically it will incentivize home builders to build lower income housing and more affordable homes, which on the surface sounds like a good thing. And, you know, one of my viewers, Daniel, in the past mentioned something along these lines before, and I think it's a great idea. But I think they should also extend this type of tax credit to current homeowners looking to sell. That way, if there's a home seller looking to sell their home, that they get rewarded with a tax incentive or benefit by selling their home to a real person who's gonna live in that home and not an investor of any kind, okay? So you should be rewarded right now for selling your home to an end user, someone who's gonna live there and punished if uh, you're selling to an investor because of how many people just can't afford to buy a home right now. They're running into NIMBYism. So yeah, a lot of people are in favor of having these affordable homes built but not in my backyard, right? That's the number one thing that is the obstacle for these more affordable homes to get built is people don't want them in their backyard. So that's the first thing. The second thing is zoning. All right. Zoning is another big problem by local towns and cities. The zoning laws are just not feasible for them to build these affordable homes. So, it's like one of those situations where, you know, everyone wants the problem to be fixed, but no one really wants to do anything about it. And until somebody budges when it comes to NIMBYism or local zoning that will change the way property is used, this is going to remain a problem. Even, with, even if builders get the incentives and the tax credits to build, if they have nowhere to build, that remains the underlying issue. So it's important to recognize this. And you know something's got to give, guys. If we want more affordable housing in the country, then this is what needs to happen. But of course, a lot of people don't want affordable housing to be built in their neighborhood, not only because it increases population density, but the main thing is it makes the value of your home go down. And most homeowners don't want their real estate values to drop, especially if you're one of those people that took out home equity lines of credit recently. Now, there can also be big problems when it comes to renting too, guys, because there was a story today out of Indianapolis where tenants of 1,400 rental units are on the brink of getting their water shut off. And it's kind of hard to know exactly who's telling the truth here or what the real reason behind this is. But the landlord of of these big Uh, multi-family properties that are at risk of having the water shut off are saying that they couldn't afford to pay the water bill during the pandemic because many of their tenants didn't pay the rent so therefore they defaulted on the water bill and now their unpaid water bill is up to 1.7 million dollars behind so that's a huge number so first thing I would say is how could the city or whatever of indianapolis let the water bill get that high without getting paid i mean that sounds completely ridiculous guys first of all and the second thing is this if you're a tenant in one of these buildings and the water gets shut off that hurts you it doesn't hurt the landlord you think the landlord lives there they own you know 1400 units across the city they're not the ones living there so this hurts the tenants way more than it hurts the landlord and i just don't understand why the city doesn't do something very simple to do, like keep the water on, and put this $1.7 million lien on the landlord's property. So that way, whenever they go to sell, they can't sell without paying that water bill. So I think that's what makes the most sense to do. And there should be limits on it, where say that water bill gets to $2.5 million, and that's basically the equal value of the real estate, then that's the stop order right there. Like, okay, Everything needs to be completely uh, sold now. You guys push this to the brink and we're gonna foreclose on your property and you must sell these units in order to now make up for that money, okay? So I don't know if it's legal for the city of Indianapolis to do something like that, but it certainly should be because it's not fair to the tenants that people could potentially get their water shut off. And then in the meantime, the landlord basically you know has no punishment from this so their punishment should be that you go into foreclosure if that bill gets too high so right now the water is scheduled to be shut off in these buildings by september 30th so they still have a little time but not that much time and one of the things we didn't discuss yet is the biggest issue that will cause for all these tenants is if the water does get shut off then there will be basically a mandatory eviction by the city, not even the landlord. They're going to say, you know, it's unfit for living and you guys have to move out. So, this is a perfect example of when the government could do a lot more to help, but they're doing more harm than good. And instead of penalizing this landlord, you know, putting a lien on their property, potentially foreclosing on them if it's legal to do so, they are punishing the tenants and putting 1,400 people potentially on the street because the building has no water at a time when rental prices are at an all-time high. How does that help anything or make sense? It doesn't, guys. And just like that, going back to the story of the government trying to make tax incentives for home builders, that's only one piece of the puzzle that needs to be solved, okay? There also needs to be the nimbyism aspect of it solved. There needs to be the zoning aspect of it solved as well. There's just more things that need to happen than just one particular issue that needs to be addressed for these big broad issues to to actually change so guys am i saying that this is a buyer's market no i'm not it still is technically a seller's market when we look at the amount of available inventory out there. Because typically, until inventory reaches about six months, that's when it's considered to be a normal or level playing field for buyers and sellers. And once it goes above six months, then it becomes a buyer's market. So technically, just like technically, we're not in the recession yet, it's not a buyer's market. But we're on our way to that happening. So once again, I just want to clarify myself because sometimes people don't really understand what I'm saying or they, they misinterpret the message that I'm telling people in these videos. And the message is clear. And the message is this, prepare to buy now for when it becomes the actual time to buy. So the more money you have saved and the better your credit is, and the less debt you have, you're going to be in the best shape to buy when the housing market makes the right turn for you to buy and if you are a seller it means that you need to get with the program and look at what houses are actually selling for in your neighborhood as of yesterday not you know six months ago and look what everybody else is pricing it at and if those homes are moving because if they're not you're probably going to need to price your home even more aggressively in order to get it sold so keep that in mind as well We got one for rent coming up over here. Let's see how much this one's going for. I wanna say I walked by this house at some point in the past, but I can't remember when. If you guys enjoyed this video, please subscribe to the channel and check out my next video on the screen right over here. And I'll see you over in the next one.